for Fantasy Football Weekly on KFAN, presented by Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is also brought to you by Grain Belt Premium, no-name butcher quality meats, Honda, Town Hall Family, Luther Hyundai, and by the Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball and League Safe's Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Here's Paul Charchian. Good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. I am Paul Charchian. My co-host, Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. Yeah, nice hey, to together. Have... Jinx by me. Oh, man. Yeah, now you're stuck. Why? Did Coke start that? Did, how many Cokes have sold because of Jinx by, got a, you know, buy me a Coke? I why couldn't it be buy me know, a Sprite? Why I don't know why they don't do? use this as a marketing campaign, by the way. They really should. Like, they put the names on the side of the Coke bottles? Yeah. Just put Jinx, Jinx. on there. That's right. Um, I It's It's been, a, by the way, brilliant marketing plan. Then Snickers, Snickers ran with that deal. I mean, it was whoever thought of it, you know, go buy an island. Coke should just pay you enough to go buy your island, go retire for the rest of your life. Uh, we have a couple of, uh, we've got four teams on buy, so we've got a little extra breathing room into the show, which I think is great. We'll get to all of the matchups fantasy style, take a chance on me, the five tough questions, premature speculation, and what should be a little longer lightning round at the end of the show as well. Plenty to get to. We begin diving right into our matchups with the Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt, for the uh, the Jaguars, last time we saw them, it was um, a less than ideal scenario. With um with a loss to the Jets, what do you think this week as they travel to Pittsburgh? Well, if you're Sir Blake Bortles yes. and you're not playing in London, mm-hmm. you suck. <laughs> That's just it. In his last eight games played in the United States, he's averaging <laughs> 205 yards and has only thrown for six touchdown passes. If he's not in London, he's not worth playing, and he's on the bench this week. Uh, Marquise Lee is also hurt, and and, and that means Alan Hearns is on the bench as well. Lee hasn't practiced this week with a rib injury. He's more doubtful than questionable to play, and the Steelers have allowed the second-fewest receptions and yards to wide receivers this season. That leaves Hearns on the bench as well. Uh, I'm not chasing the Mercedes Lewis three-touchdown game from no. London a couple weeks no. ago. So the only guy on the Jaguars that you got to talk about is Leonard Fournette. I gave him a B grade this week. Over the last two weeks, the Ravens and Bears running backs averaged 6.0 yards per carry against the Steelers. Wow. Fournette's had wow. at least 16 carries in every game this season and has scored in every game. He's an every week starter now, but I think we'll talk more about him later in the show. Correct. Uh, another running back to talk about, Le'Veon Bell. We really don't need to talk about him. He's an yeah. easy A in this easy game. A. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I'm giving him a B grade. And I know Jacksonville's defenses look legit, especially against the pass. But let's remember... <laughs> it is legit against the pass. They faced Tom Savage, Josh McCown, Ryan Mallett, and Joe Flacco in 10 of the 16 quarters they've played so far. Okay. That's, Not exactly that's a murderer's row of quarterbacks That's fair, here. but if you rewind the clock all the way to week five of last year. So one calendar year from this week, week five, the Jaguars on average allowing 0.8 touchdown passes per game and you know that's if a full 16 you know full sure. 16 quarterbacks in there okay all right so i mean i don't think it's all fluke now your let points, me weigh your in points on taken this. okay <laughs> right. would you like to weigh in <laughs> no i, don't um, talk about I still got roethlisberger as a b he's got great home road splits and they're at home this week 
Antonio Brown, I'm actually giving an A to. Brown's chirping a little bit, and he's frustrated on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I don't care that the Jaguars are currently the top defense against wide receivers. They are. DeAndre Hopkins was the only really good wide receiver they faced this year. Even with Tom Savage th- soft-tossing him the ball for the first two quarters, yeah. he still managed 55 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown's a, a head and shoulders a get, a, above. Well, and Squeaky Wheel my... gets the grease if you're That's a good true. enough player. Yeah. Squeaky Wheels get the grease. And, and Antonio Brown, frustrated, mouthing off. He needs more action than he got last week, and he's going to get it. So... At the same time, Juju Smith-Schuster and Martavis Bryant, I got them on the bench. Yeah. A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey are very, very good. They're two shutdown corners. And if you're not Antonio Brown, you're just not going to beat them. Uh, kind of a bonus take-a-chance-on-me player is Jesse James, who I'm giving a C grade to. The Jags have allowed the ninth most yards and the tenth most receptions to tight ends this season. That's kind of their weakness in the mm-hmm. passing game. Uh, he's going to need to be a, a touchdown scorer to be relevant. So you have to be pretty desperate to play him, but... Uh, He's kind of a take-a-chance-on-me C-grade tight end. Green Bay takes on Dallas, Brian, and Ty Montgomery, doubtful. Uh, 90% of doubtful players do not play in the game, so we'll assume he's not going to go in this one. What do you think of the Green Bay backup running backs here? Well, uh, it's Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, who was the guy who came in first when Montgomery went down last week and was ahead of him on the de- uh, ahead of Jones on the depth chart all preseason when Montgomery was hurt got injured on like his first carry. Right. But he's been practicing all week in full so uh he will play. But Aaron Jones looks like the starter for now mm-hmm. so he's the guy to own. Uh, Dallas is ranked 28th against the run according to Football Outsiders DVOA. Uh Brian Beluga and uh, David Bakhtiari are both questionable for Green Bay. That'll Did you certainly... say Brian Beluga? Is that I like that. <laughs> what is it? Bulaga. Bulaga. Whatever. <laughs> but Beluga's way better. Yeah, the Lugia. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he never heard He's that. Never one. Heard... As a big guy growing up and everything, I'm sure he never heard that. Nobody ever sang Raffi's baby Beluga at him. I'm. I don't know. No, that is. no one knows sure. Raffi's cat. Come on. I, I think you've, you got to have a four year old to know that, I'm guessing. It probably. Bulaga and Bakhtiari <laughs> are both questionable. That'll hurt the running game if they don't play. They, I think they're they're both slated to play, which would be the okay. first time they've played together since like week one or something. All right. Well, that will certainly help Aaron Jones mm-hmm. and uh, Jamal Williams. Jones is the better play this week, but don't give up on Jamal Williams just yet. Uh, he was ahead on the depth chart all along, so uh, he definitely could. Uh, he'll be probably the likely goal line back in this game, mm-hmm. with Jones getting more work between the 20s, but both get a C start uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, over to the passing game, Aaron Rodgers is an easy A. Uh, by the way, this is a rematch of the divisional uh, playoff game last yeah, year. Yeah, well, these teams have played each other three times in the last two years. Yeah. So we got a lot of track record between do. Packers and Cowboys. Yep, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Tony. Baby Beluga in the deep blue sea. Swim so wide. has an injured knee. I think it's a hammy, though. God, that was a good one. That was good. Poet, don't even know it. All right, where was I? I'm very, very lost. Uh, I think you were, yeah. Let's focus on the most recent matchup. Uh, Rodgers had 355 yards and two touchdowns against Dallas in the playoffs. The Cowboys have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in three straight straight games. Their whole defense is questionable right now. You're starting Aaron Rodgers. Duh. Uh, You're also starting Jordy Nelson. He gets an A. He missed the playoff game last year, uh, but Dallas has allowed five wide receiver touchdowns already, so you probably should start the wide receiver leader in touchdowns in this Mm -hmm. game. Yeah, probably. Jordy Nelson. Uh, Randall Cobb, and give him a B. Uh, borderline A start. Slot receivers have fared well against Dallas. Cooper Cup had five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Larry Fitzgerald went nuclear with 13 for 149 and a touchdown. And Sterling Shepard caught seven passes against Dallas. 
So Cobb's an easy A, or I'm sorry, B, almost an A. Devontae Adams, not so easy here. Hasn't been ruled out yet. Hasn't been ruled in yet. Yeah, we should know today. Should know today. It has to happen before he gets on the plane. Yeah, and that's which is that's if imminent. it's if it's yes. a typical team flight that the teams usually fly around lunchtime on Saturday. So, yeah, we're gonna. I think we'll know about Adams in a couple. So hours if here. he plays, where you grade him out? Uh, he's a, he's a B if he plays. Okay. You gotta play him if he plays. If he sits, Geronimo Allison borderline B as well, probably a C plus. Uh, Allison hasn't gotten a lot of run in his career, but uh, he has 10-plus PPR points in the four of the five games he's seen at least four targets. So Ooh. <laughs> he gets four targets, he's a PPR helper. So if you're an Adams owner, certainly try and squat on Allison if you can. Uh, Martellus Bennett, I'm going to give him a C. Uh, revenge game. It is a revenge game. <laughs> it is. Uh, Jared Cook and Richard Rodgers combined for seven catches, 137 yards, and two touchdowns in that playoff game. Dallas really hasn't been tested by tight ends at all this year. But Bennett has underwhelmed, but he's sixth among tight ends and catches, so he's startable in this one. And uh, that uh, is I'll, let me, I'll mention this about Bennett. Uh, Aaron Rodgers this week came out and said they got to get him more involved early. He's the most targeted Packer. He's been too involved. He's been terrible. And I was the guy who went to war for Bennett throughout the preseason. I like I think he can be a top-five tight end. I think he finishes my number four tight end in the preseason. He's been a wreck. They've thrown plenty of passes to him. You've got to catch a ball. If you follow Martellus Bennett on Twitter, you'll know he's a guy who would totally be into the revenge angle, too. Yeah, well, that's probably that's true. totally his style. I don't know. I'm I'm worried about that bomb. <laughs> he loves to hear about how you how he affects your fantasy football team. Exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he would love that. Look, everybody tweet him. Baltimore takes on the Oakland. Well, I, I got to go to the Cowboys still. Oh, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> for love of God. So chop Ezekiel, chop man. Ezekiel, oh, you're the one who's interviewing. <laughs> we started singing "Baby Beluga." Yeah, that, that didn't help me at all. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is an A. We don't need to go further into that one. Des Bryant also an A. Des leads all wide receivers and targets from inside the ten yard line. He had nine for one thirty two and two in the playoffs last year. Julio Jones and AJ Green have both topped hundred yards against Green Bay, so Des could do the same. Benching the other wide receivers. I'm going to bench Jason Witten. He could be a desperation C play. He's cooled off significantly. Um, Green Bay has just allowed 12 catches and 106 yards to tight ends all season. So he's, uh, I'm putting him on the bench. And Dak Prescott gets a B, multiple touchdowns in three straight games, had 300-plus yards and three touchdowns in the playoff game. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Green Bay hasn't seen more than 30 pass attempts from an opposing quarterback this year. Well, they wow. have in one of four games, I'm sorry. One of four games. But Dak might not breach that watermark. This feels more like a Zeke game, but I'm still giving him a B. I love Zeke. I love Zeke. My number two running back this week. You've loved Zeke from the beginning. Well, that's true. I've loved him from the beginning. Uh, now, Baltimore taking on the Oakland Raiders. There's only one Ravens player with a starting grade, and that's Alex Collins, averaging eight yards per carry. Probably gets a chance here to be the true workhorse back. But in Baltimore, the workhorse back gets maybe a dozen carries. And I thought that's they it. hand him the ball more. I know. Eight I, yards well, a carry. Part of the problem is he fumbles too much. Oh, so, okay. and that he's he's like one fumble away from hitting the hitting the bench. Uh, Oakland is a mediocre run defense. They're giving up four point two yards per carry. No opposing runners rush for a touchdown against Oakland, but Collins has done enough to earn the opportunity to get a bunch of carries. He won't stay at eight yards per carry, but he's worthy of a start here. Let's talk about the other running backs. Terrence West goes on the bench. Four carries last week, which he turned into negative seven yards. So Terrence West, I think the only question is, you know, you're not going to play him. The only question is, are you going to drop him outright, which I would understand if you did. Buck Allen is your pass-catching specialist. And Chris Thompson did kill the Raiders with 150 receiving yards, but every other team is averaging just 32 receiving yards, and that's almost exactly what Buck Allen is giving you on average is 32 receiving yards, and that's not good enough. There's 
Also, no possible way that Charch will give Buck Allen a starting grade for the no, rest of his may, career. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, he, we have a bad. We have a bad history. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco on the bench in the twenty games since the start of last year, he's managed more than one touchdown pass six times. That's it. He's averaging one hundred fifty passing yards per game this year. Gross. That's it. Oakland's a middle of the pack, right in the middle of the pack for pass defense, but Flacco's only startable against the dregs of the league, and that is not Oakland right now. Jeremy Macklin isn't getting enough targets. Mike Wallace also not getting enough targets. Finally put up a a good game last week, but his previous three games were awful, single-digit yardage games. So they're all out. Let's go to the Oakland side. Quarterback is probably not going to be David Carr, although they haven't ruled him out of this game, but the, the original diagnosis on his fractured back was a month so I, even though he practiced all week, I can't imagine him playing in this game. We'll assume it's EJ Manuel for the purpose of our rankings here. Uh, his last win as a starter for EJ Manuel three years ago. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in two years. Um, this isn't a great Raven secondary, uh, but they just handled Trevor Simeon on the road last week. So there's that, and, and maybe there's some opportunity here. But for EJ Manuel, it's it's desperate desperation plays only. Uh, Michael Crabtree returns. Amari Cooper is back as well. Crabtree missed a game with a chest injury. Coverages for Baltimore is competent, not spectacular. They've got Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith. Those guys will take Crabtree and Cooper, respectively. Baltimore has allowed the fifth-fewest yards to wide receivers. They just held Antonio Brown to 34 yards and one tantrum. I've got C grades on Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. It would be B grades if Derek, if David Carr, Derek Carr actually played in this one, but I don't think he will. Jared Cook, startable for dump-offs from E.J. Manuel. He's gotten six, six, and eight targets the past three games. If you're in a pinch at tight end, maybe you deactivated Gronk, and now you're trying to find somebody to go with. Uh, Jared Cook would be your starter here. Baltimore, uh, only one game removed from letting Mercedes Lewis get the three touchdowns against them, so maybe there's an opportunity for Jared Cook here. And lastly, Marshawn Lynch. After facing the last two weeks the number one team against the run and the number four team against the run, he now gets number 27 and number 32 the next two weeks. This is number 27. And Baltimore's been especially philanthropic at the goal line, giving up three rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks. And rushing touchdowns should go to Marshawn Lynch. E.J. Manuel obviously doesn't help matters any, but Lynch is still run hard. They just haven't given him the ball enough. And the Raiders have inexplicably been way behind in a couple of games. And that's been frustrating as well. I feel like they were trying to save him for the playoffs. Yeah, well, already. The, yeah, the playoffs are now. But now, now they need to start working. I think there's some truth to that. Um, this should be a tighter game. You know, Ravens don't blow anybody out, so no. I think there's. Uh, I think for those that have, are giving up on Marshawn Lynch, don't do it yet. I've got a B grade on him for this game. Do you think David Carr should have gotten the start over yeah. DJ Manuel? <laughs> I would rather have David Carr. Yeah. I think his, his work on the NFL Network's been very good. Okay. Uh, he is a. Uh, he's. Let's just say he's got a face for TV. For David Carr. Mm. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. We'll tell you who they are when we come back. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Let me around. If you got no place to go. Football Weekly, 
an especially disturbing version of Take a Chance on Me in the background. Those are some screeching vocals. Those really are. Uh, it's the antithesis of the original, I believe. Take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup. We begin at the quarterback position. Matt. I've got Jacoby Brissett. In the last two weeks, Jared Goff torched the Niners for 292 yards and three touchdowns. Carson Palmer threw for 357 yards and a touchdown. The Niners' defense has faced a league-high 21 rushing attempts by quarterbacks this season. Wow. And Brissett is averaging just under five yards per carry. And the last time Brissett was at home facing a winless team, that was two (laughs) weeks ago against the Browns where he had 259 yards and a touchdown through the air and added two rushing scores. And I believe that was your take a chance on me. Yeah, that week, I think it it was. Good job, Brian. Yeah, it Uh, was. And uh, last week... I only called four touchdowns for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you got it wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. He, you should have said five. I apologize. You're Deshaun. gutless. So <laughs> I'm on a bit of a hot streak of quarterback here. Uh, it could come to an end, though, with Josh McCown at the Browns. Now, technically, McCown can seek revenge on about 22% of the teams. In the NFL. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's seven, seven teams for the record. But he spent a lot of time in Cleveland. He did. So, but this is the ripest untapped revenge on right. Josh McCown's docket. All right. And Cleveland just sucks. They've allowed nine passing touchdowns in four games, 11 total touchdowns to quarterbacks. McCown has a rushing touchdown already this year, so he is all but guaranteed to get you 250 total yards and at least two touchdowns on Sunday. All right. Where's your, where's your five touchdown predictions now? Not for McCown. We <laughs> saw Brian Hoyer's upside against a bad defense two weeks ago when he exploded against the Rams. Here comes an even worse pass defense, Indianapolis, a team that's allowed the third most passing yards. The Colts allow passing averages of almost 300 yards, one and a half touchdowns. This has the makings of a get-right game for Brian Hoyer, or at least a perform-better game for Brian Hoyer. He is my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Let's go to the running back position, Matt. I got uh, J.D. McKissick. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, you are. I'm I'm glad I am. Uh, C.J. Proceis is trending towards out this week, and the team already lost Chris Carson for the season. Yeah. This leaves Thomas Rawls, who's done almost nothing in two years, who is also injured, and Eddie Lacy, who is, well, Eddie Lacy as the only other running back. Both Rawls and Lacy have been healthy scratches this year at various times. Yeah. So enter McKissick, who ran for a touchdown and caught a touchdown pass last week on only five touches. He easily slides into the third down back roll, and if Lacey and Rawls look like Lacey and Rawls, he could end up with even more touches. And the Rams have given up seven touchdowns to running backs this season. That's two more than any team in the league, so I like McKissick this week. All right. I've got Giovanni Bernard at home versus the Bills. Um, Have you heard he doesn't want to be called Gio, by the way? Too bad. Anyways. (laughs) Giove. Vani has caught touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Buffalo allowed eight catches to Jets backs and seven to the Ravens backfield. Both backfields saw double-digit targets. And uh, change of pace backs have fared well against the Bills over the last two weeks. Tevin Coleman had nine for 79 rushing and caught four passes for 65 yards. Before that, Jamal Charles had nine carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. I think Bernard does well this week. I've got Wayne Gallman going up against the Chargers. In essentially one half of work last week, Gallman set a giant season high in attempts and yards. And that's all it took was a half. He also scored a touchdown and led all backs in snaps last week. Again, only playing a half. Uh, Paul Perkins already ruled out of this one. Dark was hurt. This week's opponents, the Chargers, the team allowing the most rushing yards per game and the fifth most rushing yards per carry, 4.8 Wayne Gallman. Wide receiver, who you got? 
I'm going to the John Tuvey special right here and going to Marvin Jones. Remember yeah. Tuvey's yeah, epic call from a few four years touchdown. ago? He got yeah. the four-touchdown game from Marvin Jones yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, that was ago. awesome. Uh, Kenny Galladay looks like he's going to miss this game with a hamstring injury. And so Marvin Jones gets to be the main outside receiver, and outside receivers have had a lot of success against the Panthers. Uh, Michael Thomas, Pierre Garçon, Chris Hogan, and Ted Ginn each either topped 80 yards or scored against the Panthers. And free safety Kurt Coleman is out with a knee injury. Mm. So the over-the-top play goes to Jones, and I think that uh, he'll score a like touchdown it. this That's week. That's a nice sneaky angle. All right, Brian? We've got Kenny Stills at home versus the Titans. Tennessee has allowed seven top 20 wide receiver performances in PPR so far this year, which is three more than any other team. And according to Football Outsiders, the Titans rank 31st against number two wide receivers, allowing more than 70 yards per game. Stills is basically a boomer bust play, but I'm calling boom in this matchup. He has scored in 10 of his last 18 games and in four of his last five in Miami. I'm calling one on Sunday. Jerron Brown is my guy. Since David Johnson went out, the Cardinals have been forced to pass and pass a ton. Carson Palmer leads the league in pass attempts by a mile. And Jerron Brown averaging 10 targets per game, the same as Larry Fitzgerald. Here's the Eagles, the defense. They've allowed nine different receivers to hit at least 55 yards, so I feel safe as that is your minimum for Jerron Brown. And the Eagles rank 31st in passing yards allowed to receivers and dead last in receptions to receivers. Jerron Brown is our final take-a-chance-on-me guy. Oh, let's go right into that game. That song. <laughs> yeah, let's go right into that game. Arizona taking on Philadelphia. You know, you were talking about how the Eagles have just been torched by wide receivers this year. It's yeah. been slot right wide receivers that have been just absolutely killing them, though. So why, that's why Larry Fitzgerald's an A. Um, Sterling Shepard had seven catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Keenan Allen had five for 138 mm-hmm. in just the last couple of weeks. Fitz ranks third in the league in targets and catches, so he's an easy A. Um, you already talked about uh, Jerron Brown. Yep. I have J.J. Nelson and John Brown yeah. probably on the bench because when uh, John Brown returned, it just muddied into J.J. Nelson's yeah. uh, yep. snap percentage. So I think I'm leaving both of those guys on the bench. I think you should. But Carson Palmer, I have a C grade on. Um, also, this is the first game in NFL history where the two starting quarterbacks are named Carson. And the second time in NFL history where two guys named Carson have played on the same field at the same time. Wow. Weird, I did huh? not know that. Thank you. <laughs> um, why would I have? Nah, who knows why? Uh, the Cardinals line why, is... Why do you know that? Yeah. Maybe that's the better... That's the extensive, deep research that we do here. Me and Tuvi had some fun with uh, some uh, pro football reference yesterday. All right, so. good. Uh, the Cardinals line is still missing. Tackle DJ Humphreys and guard Mike Ayupati, former... Uh, Viking Alex Boone is also nicked up, but Palmer is second in the NFL in passing yards. Each game since David Johnson went down, Palmer's thrown for at least 325 yards. The problem is, is they can't score touchdowns. They've only mustered 16, 17, and 18 points in the last three weeks, but I think they beat that this week against an Eagles defense that's not very good against the pass. Andre Ellington, I got a C for him in PPR. Ellington's had 22 targets in the last two weeks. That alone means he's a viable PPR option. They've basically taken what David Johnson did through the air, compartmentalized what he did as a receiver, yep. and just given that work to Andre Ellington. And Larry Fitzgerald to some degree, too. Just keep throwing it short. Um, he's he's leading the Arizona running backs in snaps over the last two weeks with a 57% clip, so we're leaving Kerwin Williams and Chris Johnson on the bench. Uh, let's get the name straight. The undead corpse of the tap-dancing Nancy. Oh, is that the name now? That is the official name. I haven't name. been on in a few weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah, you've missed it. All yes. Right. Uh, on the other side, I got Carson Wentz with a C grade. 
Stafford had a huge day against Arizona in Week 1, but since then the Cardinals have given up 211 yards per game and only two total touchdown passes to the other quarterbacks they've faced. Wentz has still never thrown for more than two touchdown passes in a game, making him a very high-priced Mike Glennon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I have Alshon Jeffrey on the bench. Patrick Peterson, Pat Pete, as Brian likes to call him, will lock down Alshon Jeffrey for this entire game. He has held each wide receiver that he shadowed this season to under 50 yards, although Marvin Jones and Des Bryant each scored a short touchdown on Peterson's watch. We're not going Nelson Aguilar or Torrey Smith, but we are going Zach Ertz, who gets a B grade. He's leading the league in tight end targets and receptions, averaging nine targets per game. He's on pace for over 100 catches this season. We're only two weeks removed from Jack Doyle torching the Cardinals for eight catches and 79 yards. I think that's the low water mark for Ertz this week. And LeGarrette Blunt, I have a C grade on. Wendell Smallwood is expected to miss this game with a knee injury, which should leave Blunt as a bell cow this week. Corey Clement and Ken John Barner are expected to fill Smallwood's role. Ezekiel Elliott's the only back to top 68 yards against the Cardinals this season. One of the two scored. So LeGarrette Blunt's just a C just because he's going to get a heavy workload. When we come back, the Chargers take on the Giants, and we'll tell you if you can start Keenan Allen with confidence against one of the better secondaries in the NFL. Stay tuned. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Weekly on the fan. As always, many thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Do not forget to play the Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. It is totally free to play. You can uh, put in a lineup to beat my lineup, and every point by which your team beats my team, you have a chance to win a trip to our big Manny's Winners Banquet in January, and your chance at the two thousand dollar grand prize. Go to GreenBelt.com. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Ted Marty, Jody Marty, among uh, others that have been longtime supporters, which we always appreciate. And our winner from last week, hold on, here it is, Bruce Gullickson. Bruce Gullickson will be joining me at Manny's for the Winner's Banquet. That could be calling out your name as early as next week. Do you think his friends call him the Beagle? <laughs> the people. I hope not. I really, really hope that's not Charge will at the winner's banquet now. I will now. Chargers take on uh, the Giants, Brian. And Chargers uh, wide receivers have been pretty frustrating outside of Keenan Allen to a degree. But even then, there's just a lot of balls to go around. And now we, we also have headaches at tight end position. Help us make some some sense out of the passing game for the Chargers. Yeah, it's it's a tough matchup for the passing game. As bad as the Giants look, uh, the secondary is still the most legit thing on that disgusting team. But uh, <laughs> how do you Keenan, really feel, Giants fan? I'm giving Keenan Allen the B. Uh, a B. Janoris Jenkins has only taken seven snaps in slot coverage this season, so Allen and Dominique Rogers Camardi will be mixing it up. It's a slightly better matchup for Allen, who is top eight among wide receivers in target percentage and is basically a C star at worst when healthy, like he is now. So right. enjoy it while he's uh, healthy. I am benching Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin, though. My guy Tyrell went off last week, and Benjamin has had some early success, but the Giants haven't allowed a wide receiver to top 70 yards this season, so uh, both of those guys are on the bench for me. It is. What about the Eli-Apple matchup, which is always exploitable? <clears throat> it is, but uh, there's good good safeties in New York, too, so it's just, yeah. I don't know, no wide re- 
I would give Williams a desperation C in deeper leagues if you need to start him. He would be the guy I would lean to, okay. obviously over Benjamin. But he is he is startable as a C level grade. But um, tight ends are more startable in this one. Uh, Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. I'm gonna give Henry a C and Gates C plus B minus. Uh, Giants have been torched by tight ends they this have. year, allowing five tight end touchdowns in four games. Five tight end, yeah, touchdown in every game, five total. Uh, Gates has three targets inside the ten yard line, as opposed to Henry's one. Uh, Gates has also seen five targets in back to back games, which equals ten targets, which equals tar- Hunter Henry's target total for the season ten. So yeah. Gates is the stronger play, but uh, either have a chance to score here. And uh, I'll give Philip Rivers the C uh, in a revenge game scenario. Yeah, revenge game. <laughs> but the Giants haven't allowed more than two passing touchdowns at home since week 15 of 2015 yeah. when Cam Newton had five touchdowns. And since that game, New York has allowed up to passing uh, up to two passing touchdowns only five times overall. But uh, for what it's worth, worth, Rivers has 300-plus yards and or multiple touchdowns in three of his last four starts. So uh, I will give him a C in this game. And then Melvin Gordon gets a B. Uh, the Giants' run defense has not been as good as la- they were last year. They ranked 31st in football outsiders DVOA against the run. So uh, he was a squeaky will this week as well, so mm-hmm. he should get some grease in this game. Uh, over to the Giants, I'll start with Odell Beckham. He'll get an A. Uh, his finger got effed up last week, but uh, he's going to play. Uh, he honestly might be better catching the ball one-handed, I think. Yeah, there is that, right? If there's ever a player who, who doesn't need a hand at wide receiver, it's him. Uh, usually, he usually drops them with two hands. Uh, without Jason Verrett, the Chargers have allowed at least one wide receiver touchdown in every game. So you're giving uh, Beckham an easy A grade here, or I am, I should say. Uh, I'm going to start with Sterling Shepard over Brandon Marshall here. Uh, Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, and Benny Fowler, all slot receivers, have scored on the Chargers. Fowler scored twice. Shepard, uh, among wide, wide receivers with, with at least 25 targets, is seventh in yards per target. He is also fourth in red zone targets among wide receivers, so he gets a B. I like it. And I'll still give Marshall a B here. Target totals of 10 and 11 with catch totals of 6 and 8 in his last two games. He needs Odell Beckham on the field. When Odell's on the field, Marshall's not half bad. He's showing signs of life, and touchdowns will come eventually. I also give Evan Engram a starting grade just to see, though. He's second in targets among tight ends behind Zach Ertz, and his catch totals have gone up from 4 to 4 to 5 to 6. This is pretty much a neutral matchup, but tight end is such a wasteland that you can consider starting Engram this week. I got him as my number four tight end overall. Engram? Yeah. All right, I like I, it. I like him. I like him better Obviously, than you Obviously, tight do. end is a wasteland this yeah. week. Uh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> All right, let's give him a B for that. Why not? And then, uh, Eli Manning, and give him a B. Oh, he's almost a borderline A as well. Uh, he's been an elite fantasy option the last two weeks with 288 passing yards and three total touchdowns last week, 366-3 and three through the air the week before. Starting center, Weston Richburg, is out, which doesn't help his cause, but L.A.'s secondary has been brutal with allowing a completion percentage north of 65, and then they have a 6-1 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. And then finally, the running game charge. Uh, Wayne Gallman was your take-a-chance on me running back. He's a solid play this week. Shane Vereen still is not. I can't go there. No. Jets take on the Cleveland Browns in the most disgusting matchup maybe of the year. You already mentioned Josh McCown as your take a chance on me quarterback, and so and I had I had a starting grade on him as well. Let his, of his receivers, I like Austin Severian Jenkins the best. The Browns have allowed the most receptions to tight ends and the second most touchdowns to tight ends. Safarian Jenkins, now available after his uh, three game suspension, comes into the week averaging five targets per game. Robbie Anderson, startable. He's going to draw Jamar Taylor, who ranks 95th among cornerbacks by Pro Football Focus. Anderson's put up solid numbers the past couple of weeks, while Jermaine Curse has receded badly after a couple of good games at the beginning of the year. We'll take Robbie Anderson as a starting grade with a C grade. B grade on Bilal Powell, coming off a career-best 163 yards. Granted, 75 of those 163 were a little on the cheap side, but... 
He should see close to 25 touches, the same number he had last week with Matt Forte out again, and that is now official. The Browns have had a stout run defense this year, surprisingly stout. They're only giving up three yards per carry. No opposing back is top 66 yards. Powell might need to cobble together 60-ish rushing yards and 40-50 receiving yards, which is a possibility for Powell, who is a capable receiver. Elijah McGuire uh, splashed a little bit last week, but I just don't think there's enough scraps left over for McGuire to do much and not against a shockingly good Browns run defense. Let's flip over to the Cleveland side. Not a lot to talk about here. Duke Johnson gets a B grade. Clearly the safety valve for rookie quarterback Deshaun Kaiser with a whopping 15 catches the past two weeks. Nearly all his values tied up into his PPR production, so know your scoring system here. But Duke has scored a rushing touchdown, surprisingly, each of the last two games, which is infuriating to Isaiah Crowell owners. The Jets allow the fifth most receptions to running backs and giving up 55 receiving yards per game to running backs, and Duke will get nearly all of that for the Browns. Isaiah Crowell, also a B. He's been a non-factor in way too many games because the Browns are always playing from this big deficit because their defense has been terrible, but that should change this week. So the Jets should not get way up on the Browns, and Crowell should see his first game as a real workhorse, so I'm optimistic he will. The Jets are allowing the seventh most rushing yards, four and a half yards per carry, so... Crowell, I know he's been frustrating, but I think you give him another chance here. And the entire Browns passing game is on the bench, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But Kaiser was benched last week, and the Jets' passing defense is actually pretty good. They're allowing the seventh fewest passing yards, and only Derek Carr was able to crack 225 yards. Kenny Britt's out in this game. You're starting receivers. And bonus points to you if you know who the Browns' starting receivers are for this game. Rashard Higgins and Ricardo Lewis. Gross. Yes. The 49ers and the Indianapolis Colts have already talked about a bunch of players from this game in our Take a Chance on Me segment. Matt, who's left? Uh, well, we did talk about Hoyer and Brissett as Take a Chance mm-hmm. on Me quarterbacks. On the on the Niners' side, Pierre Garçon merits a B grade. Garçon uh, has almost as many targets as the next two wide receivers uh, on the depth chart yeah. combined. Uh, and according to Evan Silva, Garcon runs 68% of his routes at slot and left corners. Vontae Davis plays right corner more often than not, so he gets to avoid the Vontae Davis coverage. And I'm not even sure Vontae Davis is that good anymore, to he be might honest. Not be, you know, but, three years ago, he was really good, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I'm giving a C, even though he's questionable, the hip injury. But all signs point to him he shall play. playing. Uh, we we think that Matt Breida will probably get more work than you think, though. He had 10 touches last week, and it's a good matchup, but the injury is concerning enough for me that maybe he's taken out of the game for a myriad of reasons, and Breida just gets more work. So I'll give I'll give Hyde a C, even though it, it should be a B or an A in this game just because of the injury. Consider that the Matt Breida tout right there, a little bit of premature, premature speculation. Wow. Um, let's go to the other side where Frank Gore gets the long-awaited revenge game. It's a big revenge game week, it by really the way. It really is, yes. Um, there's basically no one left in the San Francisco organization that was there when <laughs> Frank Gore was still there, though. Uh, the Niners have allowed only 97 rushing yards to opposing running backs in three of four games, and the only team that, st- that they stopped was the post-David Johnson Cardinals. So Frank Gore only gets a C. It's, it's his every-week C for Frank Gore just because of the volume. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, I'm giving a C as well. Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins, Robert Woods, and Jaron Jaron Brown each topped 100 yards against the Niners' defense so far. But Moncrief hasn't topped 44 yards in Brissett's three starts. I still think he's a little sneaky, maybe for a touchdown here. That's yeah, always just, been his bet. It's not volume; it yeah. scores. Yes. And uh, Jack Doyle, O'Doyle, 
has been ruled, ruled, ruled out. out. Yeah, so that many more passes go yep. to the receivers in theory. Exactly. Uh, final matchup of this segment, Tennessee Titans taking on the Miami Dolphins. Um, we don't think Marcus Mariota's going to play, but maybe on the bad hamstring. But if he doesn't go, it's a disaster scenario with Matt Castle at the helm. Yeah, and even if Mariota goes with the hamstring, you don't really want a one-dimensional Marcus Mariota on your fantasy team. Uh, mm-hmm. Passing touchdown totals on the season of 0, 1, 2, and 0. Gross. Miami is ranked 31st against the pass for football outsiders. It's a tough call. Uh, if he goes, it really depends who you have on your team as a backup, but you don't right. want to be handcuffing Matt Castle to Marcus Mariota. So let's go under the, the assumption that Mariota plays. Uh, if he does, I'll give Richard Matthews a B. He's averaging eight targets per game, while Eric Decker has totaled seven targets over the last two weeks. And one number one wide receivers have done very well against Miami. Keenan Allen had nine catches for 100 yards, and Michael Thomas had eight for 89 and one touchdown. So I'll give Matthews a B. I'll keep him at a C level if Castle goes, but he might be the only starter if Castle's under, the, uh, under center. Uh, Eric Decker is on the bench. He's just been a non-factor. Corey Davis is out. I got that right this week. Yeah. Yes. He's, he is out. Uh, so he's on your bench as well. Delaney Walker, I'll give him a C. Uh, his numbers are down this year, but he is one of eight tight ends with more than 25 targets on the season. Uh, the Jets and Saints tight ends uh, understandably didn't do much against Miami, but Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry combined for nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. So Walker is startable uh, despite who uh, starts a quarterback for the Titans. And for the running backs, I'll give DeMarco Murray a B and Derrick Henry a C here. They should be leaned on in this game. Miami is only allowing 3.2 yards per carry in three games, but they have allowed a, a running back touchdown in each game. And Melvin Gordon had seven catches against the Dolphins. Alvin Kamara had 10. Mm. So uh, both can do some damage uh, through the air as well. Uh, over to Miami. Uh, let's start with Jay Ajayi, who, who it's been a brutal start for him. It has. I was high on him, higher yeah. than most, I must admit. But I'm keeping the faith. I'm going to give him a B. Uh, here's a great stat from Adam Spinks. I don't know who that is. At the RB Scout on Twitter. Okay. Um Ajayi is one of nine running backs averaging more than 2.5 yards per carry after, after, the, contact. after the potential tackle point okay. where he could first be tackled. So the skills are still there. Um, I'm keeping the faith with Ajayi in a somewhat tough matchup. Tennessee hasn't allowed more than 76 rushing yards mm-hmm. to a running back this year, but they've surrendered four total touchdowns to the position over the last three games. And this is Ajayi's first real home game of the season where he scored seven of his eight touchdowns last year. Uh, to the wide receivers, Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker, I'm giving them both an A. Yeah. Uh, mentioned it before, but Tennessee has allowed seven top 20 wide receiver, perform- wide receiver performances in PPR, so they're an easy start. Kenny Stills was my take a chance for me wide receiver for the same reason, basically. Julius Thomas is just not interesting yet, so he is on the bench. No, they're not using him at all. And with that porous secondary, Jay Cutler does get a B. Tennessee secondary has surrendered four passing touchdowns in two straight games. Uh, They only managed to pick off Blake Bortles twice. It should have been like five interceptions, so they're just really bad. Here, here I I, I used Jay Cutler's my take-a-chance-for-me quarterback last week, and that blew up in my face. (laughs) I liked him the week before that in an easy matchup. That blew up in my face. Here's another easy matchup for Jay Cutler. And everybody's going to jump off this week. Everybody's off of Jay Cutler right now. You just gave him a B grade. So now, you know, it'll be, this is going to be the blow-up game. Finally going to happen. We'll find out. We're actually going to talk more Dolphins in a little bit. Tom, thank you for your patience. Hello, Tom. Mm, I hate to hang up on somebody who's on hold that long. Sorry, Tom. Ryan, hello. Yes, hi. Um, I have, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I uh, I played Cooks. I'm a standard two quarterback standard PPR league. Um, I played Cooks and Gillisley 
in uh, Thursday night's game. Um, and the other guy was playing Goskowski, so I'm now losing to a kicker with a <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. and a running back this year. But uh, I have three players, uh, a running back and a flex position. I have DeMarco Murray, Carlos Hyde, and Pierre Garcon. I'm playing Stefan Diggs in my other um, receiving spot, and uh, not quite sure who to play between DeMarco and, uh, and Pierre Garcon. We just talked so, about Pierre. So, sounds yeah. like you're you're benching one of those three guys, you said? It sounds like yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would bench Hyde just because of the injury uh, factor here. If he, if he gets nicked up at all, they're going to lean heavily on You Matt trust Rita. Murray? I don't trust Murray. Brian gave him a B grade. I don't know. I'm not, you, you, you guys like him a little more than I do in this one, maybe. You, you yeah. would rather put an injured Carlos Hyde in, in over DeMarco easy, Murray? Easy matchup. He's not that injured. I don't know if there's any question about him going. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, that's just me. So we have we have a different we have a different we both like we all like Pierre Garcon though so there's that let's go Garcon let's go Garcon <laughs> really I think okay. that's your that's your sure play see one if, more call here see if Aaron Jones is available Ben hello hey guys again appreciate the call um, I'll be really quick uh, I got Crabtree and Riddick in PPR uh, Riddick is currently in my starting position if if we guys side more towards a Crabtree. Um, there's a ton uh, of people on the waiver wire right now that I could easily drop Riddick for. I yeah, mean, you guys mentioned Crowell. I got McKinnon. I mean, oh yeah, this is uh, a good matchup for Crowell. Allen. I got a B guy, a B grade on him. Uh, I have Riddick in a later matchup, and I'm giving him a bench grade. He's only had nine total touches in the last two weeks. That's bad. He's just not getting the ball enough. So I I I don't know if Riddick is uh, worthy of a bench spot even right now. He okay. might be droppable. What, what would you guys? Can I just ask really quick? Would you, what would you guys rather pick up, McKinnon, Collins, or Crowell, or like a Crowell, yeah. Crowell okay, for thanks, sure? Guys. I mean, he's a lead back. He's effectively a workhorse running back on an NFL team instead of a spot starter. So to me, that's the clear angle. What's better, a workhorse or a bell cow? Allow me to answer that with this. There you go. Okay, that's your. That's the answer. All right. When we come back, your chance for five answers. Can you go five and zero oh when we do? Uh, we throw out to <laughs> your chance for five answers. Well, you're going to make no. five. You're going to. You are going to have five of your own answers. Okay. To the Devani's five t- uh, hot questions. So close. <laughs> One of these weeks, I'm going to get it perfect. <laughs> this is like a seven a.m. show right now. It really. It, it, I know the way this is. It does feel like a seven a.m. show. Uh, all that five hot questions when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. If you've not yet tried daily fantasy sports at Fanball, we encourage you to do that. You get the Fanball number... We evaluate your play, and you get a number between 0 and 100 that represents your personal skill level, and then we make sure that you play against people like yourself. So you don't, if you are, if your skill level is at a 35, you don't have to worry about playing against people in their 80s and 90s that are going to scoop all your chips. We want you to have fun, and the best way to have fun with Daily Fantasy Sports is giving yourself a chance to win against players like yourself. We encourage you to do that. If you go to fanball.com slash charge, what happens, Brian? Uh, they will take you on in a, a free contest this week where they can win uh, 
over $150, I believe, for I think no the price one price for first. Yeah, that's first. Yep. I think the prize pool is $500. So you'd be total. remiss to not join. And then if they beat your score charge, they get a ticket to the Week 17 championship with a $15,000 prize pool. So uh, go to fanball.com slash charge and uh, let's get it on. Devani's hot question number one. Will Cam Newton's off-the-field transgression affect him on the field? Enough to harm his fantasy value. Matt. So he said something stupid in front of a whole bunch of media members. And many people in this country say stupid things, usually using 140 characters. Uh, yeah, Well, and usually <laughs> on this show. This will literally blow over by next week when a ruling on the Zeke suspension comes down and everybody looks the other way at the new shiny new thing. No, this isn't going to affect him at all. Brian. Yeah, if anything, I think it helps him because it would make football his only escape, at least in the the short term. Like Matt said, this will be old news eventually. So I will say no. This, uh, but he has a tough matchup in Detroit this week, so I don't think it's going to help him that much. Uh, correct answer is yes, it will affect him. His play at quarterback was already so wobbly. He entered last week with a passer rating lower than Brock Osweiler's last year. Does does Cam Newton care more about winning football games? Or does he care more about his popularity, his style, his panache, his status as a performer? Mm. Remember, he wants to be a performer, not a football player. Now he's been publicly shamed, and it's bad. Nobody is on his side. Nobody. He lost his biggest national sponsor. Distractions, you would think at the NFL level the, the distractions wouldn't matter, but they do. They matter all the time. Your players will talk about it. Even if they won't admit it when it's happening, they'll admit it after it happened. The reality is Cam Newton is a human being who cares about how he's perceived, and he's been perceived badly, and it will affect him on the field. Devani's hot question number two. Will Will Fuller finish the season as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex, or bench player? Brian. This is the uh, first Will Will. Uh, will Will. I don't think I've ever. I don't, I, I, when I typed it, I'm like, that's weird. There's will plenty will. of do do's and stuff like yeah, that. We have that uh, that's every now and again. Can we just cue the peacock real quick for my premature speculation? Will Fuller. Will Fuller. No, no. Where's that sweet sound? <laughs> that's the sweet sound of a, of a premature speculation ringing the bank twice in one week. So Fuller exploded. Ring the bank. Ring the bell. Anyway, I like it. All right. Uh, Fuller exploded out of the gates as a rookie. Uh, and his Three of his first four games, he had uh, five catches for 170 yards, 107 yards and a touchdown, four for 104, seven for 81 and one. Mm-hmm. Then he got banged up, and Brock Osweiler settled in or settled out, I should say. So yeah. Deshaun Watson is a much better quarterback than Brock Osweiler. He will give the speedy Fuller a lot of time to separate because uh, Watson is so mobile, but uh, that'll give Fuller a high ceiling in a lot of games, but a, a very low floor, especially because Houston is not a pass-heavy team. They rank 28th in pass play percentage at 52%. So I don't see Fuller being consistent enough to be anything better than a flex play this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to try to put him as a wide receiver V, but uh, I don't think that's going to work out. Uh, I, I For a lot of the things that Brian mentioned, I think he's a flex player as well. I, he had over 90 targets last season with terrible quarterbacks. Uh, his injury this year was a collarbone. That's not very likely to reoccur, so I think he's a flex player. He's a wide receiver, too. We think of Will Fuller as a low-volume guy because he only caught 47 passes all of last year, but as you correctly mentioned, Matt, 92 targets. So they threw his way plenty of times. Just Brock Osweiler was his quarterback. Obviously, far better quarterbacking this year, and Fuller's a year older, presumably a better receiver, and DeAndre Hopkins is on pace for 196 targets. 
That's not sustainable. There's going to be a regression in Hopkins' targets, and the only place for those targets to regress to is Will Fuller. And so he is going to be dramatically more involved in this offense than people think who are replaying last season. Devani's hot question number three. Miami's the lowest scoring team in the league. Are you buying low on Dolphins? Matt. To steal a page from Dos Equis, Jay <laughs> Cutler do. looks like the most disinterested man in the world. <laughs> he doesn't always put his hands on his hips when lining up in the Wildcat, but when he does, he does so with a pouty lip. <laughs> Uh, they'd be 0-3 right now if it weren't for the recently released Chargers kicker missing a field goal in their first game of the season. Uh, but still, Jarvis Landry is usually a good PPR helper. Devontae Adams was a guy that we were all looking at a, as a breakout campaign this year. Jay Ajayi simply isn't this bad, as Brian mentioned in the matchup. And Matt Moore might be starting before this game is over. So I think it's time to buy low on the Dolphins. Okay. Because Matt Moore is going to be because starting. Because Matt Moore is going to be starting right, okay. soon. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really just buying low on Ajayi here. Uh, one more stat from the uh, at the RB scout. Um, among uh, running backs, when it comes to percentage of carries where they face an extra unaccounted for defender in the box, Ajayi. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, among when running backs face an extra defender in the box, more defenders me, than blockers. blockers. Okay, let me just. Uh, I should rephrase. Ajayi has the third highest percentage of uh, runs where he sees an extra unaccounted for defender in the box. So he's going up against stacked boxes most of the time. Got it. Couple that with the fact that we talked about how he's among the leaders in yards per carry after the potential tackle point. He's a very talented running back still. Uh, I'm buying low this week in hopes he has a good game. And then next week, at the very least, he should rip the Falcons. And you can flip him then if you really want to. But buy low on Ajayi is what I'm saying. Yep, buy low. Uh, they played three road games because their week one was going to be their home game. And this third road game was in London, for Pete's sake. Now the home games start to kick in. Two of the next three at home. Five, three of the next five are at home. The biggest problem for Miami has been their offensive line. And while it's not good, remember the Dolphins are a week behind everybody else. And remember when the Giants the Bengals, and the Seattle offensive line. So those first few weeks of the season were so bad they couldn't score, but the offensive lines got better, as they tend to do, and now those teams are putting up points. That's the same situation Miami finds itself in. And, of course, remember, Jay Cutler came in off the couch in the middle of training camp. He can get better, and he probably will. Devani's hot question number four. The only running back with a touchdown in every week of the season is Leo Fournette. Now, nobody's suggesting he's going to have a touchdown in all 16 weeks, but do you believe his current level of fantasy output is sustainable? Brian. Man, he is working hard this year so far. Uh, We just talked about how Ajayi is third, Mm -hmm. uh, has the third highest percentage of carries with an extra defender in the box. Fournette is second. So he's working even harder than Ajayi is, and he's doing it behind a mediocre line at best. He does have modest catch totals, which has helped him out a little bit. But I'm worried he hits the wall eventually. Fournette only had 129 carries last year at LSU. He's currently on pace for 320 right now. He is a, he is a freak, but I think he falls off just a little bit, so I don't think this output is sustainable for the okay. long term. Uh, with all the injuries to the wide receivers in Jacksonville, plus Blake Bortles being Blake Bortles, that team is solely reliant on handing the ball off to Fournette and playing good defense. And it kind of reminded me of the year a few years back where Christian Ponder was at the helm for the Vikings, and they handed the ball off to Adrian Peterson over and over again, and he tallied 2,000 yards. That team was about running the ball and playing defense. The Jaguars are about running the ball and playing defense, so I think he can sustain it. 
Uh, you are correct. You can. Also, I'll note this, and you hit many of my talking points, but also this. The schedule, super favorable on the ground. Only three remaining games against teams that rank in the top half against the run. All nice. the others are bottom half. And of those three remaining games with teams that rank in the top half against the run, none are in the top five. So there are no like, you know, really tough stoppers necessarily. And then in November and December, you know, those cold weather, bad weather games, that seems perfect potentially for him. And he's the big body against worn down defenses that have played a dozen games or 14 games. Those things all seem to favor Fournette as well. He will sustain this level of fantasy output. Devani's hot question number five. The bye weeks are upon us, particularly particularly in Dynasty and Empire Leagues. Are you okay with owners in those kinds of leagues who don't start a kicker or a defense or a tight end because they don't want to make a difficult drop to fill that spot with a backup? Hopefully that makes sense. Dynasty and Empire Leagues. Yeah. Is it okay to go to war in your starting lineup without a kicker or with a bye week kicker, defense, or tight end? Matt. You know, if you have a bench, you should be able to plan for these things, but I guess I'm okay. I have a middle-of-the-road answer. I'm okay with it for a tight end if you don't want to drop a tight end, but I'm not okay with it for a kicker in defense. And furthermore, I like kicker in defense for redraft leagues, but I don't like them for Empire Dynasty. I think we should get rid of them in Empire and Dynasty. They don't do anything for Empire and this Dynasty is not, teams. What is the is your, answer to your question? I'm yes going or no. Brian Johnson on this five tough question and just saying whatever I want to say on the radio. All right, Brian. <laughs> Please question. do not go Brian Johnson on it. This question is hot. It's not tough, by the way. It is hot. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it if I'm playing the person who's just leaving a, a starter with a zero. But ultimately, at the end of the day, no, it is wrong. It messes with the competitive balance of the league and the integrity. Because uh, if someone's basically giving up against you, they could affect the standings in a multitude of ways. So, no, you should be forced to have a full compliant roster every week. So what if you're in like one of those weird six-team bye weeks? And like your entire team for some weird scheduling purpose is on buy. What do you do in that you situation? Use the taxi squad. Then you, you can employ the taxi squad, which I feel no, like Charge is about to talk about. No, I'm not oh, because okay. not every league's got a taxi squad. Most well, they don't. Should. Well, dynasty most empire don't. should. Well, okay. I don't think they should. If your dynasty league and or, and or empire league is set up correctly, you don't have that many bench spots because dynasty leagues with big bench spots takes all the strategy out of it. Correct. And if you don't have a lot of bench spots, then you don't necessarily have anywhere to go, and we don't want you dropping great players to change defenses in one week. So, yes, we it's okay. We can live with it. We don't like it, but in a small rostered league, we can live with it. Let's go to our final matchup of this segment, which is, oh, hey, it's me, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. The sound of flipping paper is me getting to that page. <clears throat> Start with the Viking side of this one, and we'll begin at the running game with Latavius Murray, who gets a C grade here. Chicago is the seventh-ranked run defense in the league. They're giving up 86 yards per game, an average of just 3.5 yards per carry. And they've seen good runners, better runners than Latavius Murray. Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery. Uh, Murray is a it's pretty much a straight-ahead plotting runner without a lot of moves. He'll only get what the Vikings' offensive line can give them, and let's just hope that that's a touchdown plunge. He's startable in a pinch. I've got it. I do have a starting grade on him, but I don't love it here. I think the split is maybe 60-40 with Jarek McKinnon. Let's go to the passing game. It ap- I, Not knowing who the quarterback's going to be, I'm assuming for our purposes it's going to be Case Keenum. You can bump everybody up a little bit if it turns out to be Sam Bradford. Only Let's start with Diggs. Uh, he's got a B grade, and he's my favorite of the, of the options for the Vikings. Only one team has allowed more than Chicago's six wide receiver touchdowns already this year, 
And since his move to the outside, Diggs has become the Vikings' goal line target when passing as well. Diggs will primarily line up against cornerback Marcus Cooper, who ranks 58th among cornerbacks by Pro Football Focus. What about Adam Thielen? He leads the Vikings in targets and receptions, and has had at least one 24-yard play in every game, which is great. But he draws a tough matchup against Chicago's slot cornerback Bryce Callahan, who's probably their best cornerback overall. To this point, Callahan has seen Mohamed Sanu, Adam Humphreys, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Randall Cobb, and held those guys to an average of three receptions and 37 yards per game. Only Cobb managed to score. I think your best angle here is that last year the Vikings scored from the slot in both matchups with the Bears, so maybe Adam Thielen can uh, can do a little something more than than uh, the matchup would suggest. And then Kyle Rudolph. Case Keenum killing Kyle Rudolph. Basically, in a nutshell, under Case, he's getting about half of the targets that Rudolph used to get when Sam Bradford was under helm. The average Keenum game for Rudolph is three catches, 36 yards, no touchdowns, and no red zone targets. But the Bears are without three linebackers. Danny Trevathan suspended. Nick Wiakowski is out with a pec injury. Jarrell Freeman went on IR. Without three starting linebackers, there's a chance that Kyle Rudolph's going to get free in the middle, and they may target him more here. So a C grade on Kyle Rudolph. Let's go to the Bears side where I've only got two starting grades, nothing in the passing game. I'm taking a hard pass on the Mitch Trubisky-led offense until I see proof that he's ready for this level of competition, particularly against Mike Zimmer, who requires opposing quarterbacks to decipher Byzantine looks at the line of scrimmage. And and it's not like he's got this great stable of receivers who are going to bail him out. Trubisky's got no help. The whole passing game's on the bench. Jordan Howard demolished the Vikings last year with a two-game total of 337 yards. That's crazy. But the Vikings' run defense is a lot better this year. They're top five against the run in virtually every statistical category. Opposing running backs as a group are averaging just 71 yards per game. And you don't have to respect the pass with Mitch Trubisky. So I think the Vikings' game plan to stop Howard, and so I've just got a B grade on Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen gets a C grade. I don't think he takes a big step backwards for with Trubisky, so probably be a safety valve option. But he'll need to do something special with the ball in a tough matchup. Vikings have been a, are a top five defense against pass catching running backs. They're only averaging 27 receiving yards per game to running backs. And this, despite the fact that they've seen Theo Riddick and Le'Veon Bell, two of the best pass catching running backs in the league already, and they're still only giving up 27 yards per game. So Tariq Cohen is a only AC grade. When we come back, our final set of matchups, including. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Los Angeles Rams. We'll tell you if you dare start Eddie Lacy or Thomas Rawls when we return. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. I don't want to make any promises, but this is shaping up as a big lightning round. Ooh, I we you know we've only had like two and three minutes for lightning round the past couple of weeks. I think we're gonna have a nice juicy lightning. I'm round. I'm gonna talk end. real slow and ruin Don't do it, it for everybody. Don't do it. You'll have a chance to talk right now. Seattle takes on the Los Angeles Rams. Chris Carson goes on IR. Now they go to Thomas Rawls and or Eddie Lacy against the Rams. Is a bad run defense. What do you think of those two guys? I got them both on the bench. As I kind of mentioned in the take a chance on me segment. McKissick is the guy that that I want out of this out of this team, and I I just don't trust either Eddie Lacy or Thomas Rawls to get it done. What's your thought? 
Uh, I think Rawls is a lot better. I don't trust Lacey. Uh, Rawls is one season removed from being awesome, and I think he's just got more talent than Lacey does. So um, I would roll the dice on Rawls. I think both are startable in a pinch because the Rams' run defense is that bad. Yeah, it's, it's what do you prefer, fat or fragile? What's your preference? That's, that's yeah. I mean, I I can't overcome fat, but if you're healthy, you're not fragile. So you know that's kind of my it's kind of my <laughs> until you my get hurt angle. again. <laughs> if Rams, you're healthy, you're not fragile. Yeah, it's you know, like it's it's not good. Rams' run defense is. Bad. They rank thirtieth uh, in running back uh, running back yards allowed. You know their pass defense isn't that good either. So that's why I'm giving Russell Wilson an A grade this week. In his first two weeks of the season, Wilson did basically nothing. Less than 200 yards in each game, recorded one total touchdown. In the last two weeks, Wilson's caught fire. Six passing touchdowns, one rushing score, while averaging 334 pass yards per game. The Rams, at the same time, almost did the identical thing to Russell Wilson. They gave up exactly 179 passing yards in each of the first two weeks and allowed only one passing score. But in the last two weeks, Brian Hoyer and Dak Prescott each roasted them for three total touchdowns apiece. One of those was a rushing score. Both those guys averaged 292 against them, so I like Russell Wilson a lot this week. Given Doug Baldwin a B as well. Missed practice earlier this week with the groin injury. They kind of had him as a, uh, a, a decoy last week, but this week I think that he's better. Uh, and ready to go. The Rams have been fairly good against slot wide receivers so far this year, but Cole Beasley and Jamison Crowder were the best two they've seen. Mm. So Doug Baldwin's up at a B. Yeah. I even got a C grade on Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett. The Rams have been giving up the farm to outside wide receivers. They've allowed 14 completions of 20 yards or more this season. Richardson leads the team in 20 plus yard targets with five. Lockett has three and Jimmy Graham has four. Mm. So there's going to be a lot of downfield throws. Jimmy Graham, I gave a C grade to as well. Uh, he's taking a day off of practice every week for the last three, so he's shown up questionable on your uh, on your software for your for your fantasy league. But he's recorded at least sixty yards in back to back weeks. The Rams held Jordan Reed to six catches and forty eight yards, but he's the only good tight end they faced all year. So I think that's kind of the downside for Jimmy Graham. Over on the Rams side, Todd Gurley gets an A. He leads the NFL in yards from scrimmage and touchdowns. Yeah, how about that? And the Seahawks are not your father's Seahawks run defense. Carlos Hyde and DeMarco Murray each topped 115 yards. Ty Montgomery had 93 total yards in a score. The only, the only person they could really stop was the 80-year-old Frank Gore. But the passing game I'm putting on the bench. Uh, Jared Goff, this matchup looks like a girly one. Seattle's been more stout against the passing game. If you take out Aaron Rodgers' 311-yard game in Week 1, the Seahawks have only allowed 160 passing yards per game in the last three weeks, three total touchdowns. I'm not going Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, or Cooper Cup, but if you're going to spot start one of them, Cup is the one that I like the most. He has the best matchup against slot corner Jeremy Lane, who's also dinged up, and he should play. But only three wide receivers have topped 50 yards against the Seahawks this year, and two of those were Packers. I yeah. cannot wait until Gurley scores two touchdowns in a game and Cup has one. So it would be two, two girls. girls. No, just two, two girls. girls. Two girls, girls, one cup. cup. That'd be that'd be perfect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup's been that guy who's been everybody rushed to get him after week one, and then he did nothing for Cooper. Everybody dropped him, and then he scored again last week, and everybody runs to go get him again, and now he's going to do nothing. I'm going to drop him again. So, you know, every year there's that guy who just cycles through a dozen teams. I get the feeling Cooper Cup's going to be that guy. I agree. Buffalo takes on Cincinnati. Brian, LaShawn McCoy has been dreadful for a couple of weeks now. Does he break out of the slump against uh, the ten- the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> He's going he's gonna to have to work hard for it. Uh, I'm still going to give him a B based on uh, volume alone, but uh, no running back has topped 80 yards on the ground against the Bengals, uh, who have also only allowed two rushing touchdowns to running backs so far this year. Uh, they have been generous to backs through the air, though, 
as they've allowed eight catches per game to the position over the last three weeks. So there's some hope for Shady here. Uh, not a whole lot more to talk about for Buffalo. I will give Charles Clay a desperation C. Uh, it's a bad matchup on paper. The Bengals have allowed 10 catches to tight ends total this year. Yeah. But they've also faced the Baltimore tight ends, the Texans tight ends, and the Browns tight ends, so not a lot of competition in that regard. So uh, he gets a desperation C because he's the only pass catcher on that team right now that's worth talking about. And then I'm putting Tyrod Taylor on the bench this week. Cincinnati's ranked 8th against the pass, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. Aaron Rodgers had 313 yards and three touchdowns against the Bengals, but Joe Flacco, Deshaun Watson, and the combo of Deshaun Kaiser and Kevin Hogan combined for just 429 yards and one passing touchdown between the three uh, quarterback sets there. Uh, Over to the Bengals, A.J. Green gets a B. Demarius Thomas is the only wide receiver to top 80 yards against Buffalo, but uh, Green is easily of the same caliber as uh, Demarius Thomas is, and Green has five to six inches on Tredavious White and E.J. Gaines, the starting Mm. cornerbacks for Buffalo. I'm putting the other wide receivers on the bench, though. It is a tough matchup. Tyler Croft, yeah, he blew up last week. uh, Tight end for the Bengals in in place of Tyler Eifert, but that was against the Browns. Uh, This is the Bills, and only one tight end has topped three catches against Buffalo, and not one tight end has topped 50 yards all year. Andy Dalton is also on the bench. Buffalo is ranked third against the pass, according to Football Outsiders, and they've only allowed one passing touchdown all season. That was to Matt Ryan. Uh, Joe Mixon, he gets a starting grade, but the lowest level one at a C. He has averaged 21 touches over the last two weeks, but he's averaging just 2.6 yards per carry behind a very wobbly line, and the Bills have only allowed two rushing touchdowns to running backs this year. They are far more generous through the air, and that is why Giovanni Bernard was my take a chance on me running back. Nicely done. Kansas City takes on Houston in probably the toughest matchup for the Chiefs this year. Kareem Hunt is an A grade, but let's note that this is this is his hardest this is his hardest matchup. Uh, he leads the league in rushing yards by 140 yards, which is a ton. Uh, he also shined in the Chiefs' passing game. He's caught all 13 of his 13 targets, but Texans have held back to averages of just 52 rushing yards, 17 receiving yards and no touchdowns over the last three weeks. For what it's worth, last year when these teams played, Kansas City's runners, West and Ware, combined for 168 total yards. So there's your glimmer of hope for Kareem Hunt. He remains an A start because he's just that good. Uh, Also, from the passing game, an A start for Travis Kelsey. He leads the team in targets. He's hit 100 yards and scored in two of the last three games. Kelsey takes on a Texans defense that's given up averages of six catches, 70 yards, and one touchdown to Gronk and Delaney Walker, which are relative comparables to Travis Kelsey the last couple of weeks. Be great for Tyreek Hill. Like a lot of home run threat wideouts, it's feast or famine with Hill, and so far he's eaten well on the road, and he's starved at home. This is a road game. He goes up against a Houston secondary that's been susceptible to big plays, giving up over 15 yards per completion, and Hill's going to see a lot of lousy cornerback Jonathan Banks, who ranks 95th at the position by Pro Football Focus, so I like Tyreek Hill in this one. Alex Smith is a C-grade. You know, more and more it looks like Alex Smith's monster week one was a bit of a mirage. He settled back into more of a game manager, although a stronger armed game manager than what we had seen in the past. Um, Meanwhile, when he's not, uh, Houston's defense has been very good. For everybody except Tom Brady, they're giving up averages of just 155 passing yards and 0.3 touchdowns per game. So while Brady did rip him apart, everybody else has been humbled by this Houston secondary, and that probably includes Smith here, C-grade only. Let's flip over to the Houston side. 
Deshaun Watson's turned into a guy that you can put an A grade on and feel okay about. He's turned into a bona fide dual threat. We always knew the legs would be good, but he's actually, and he, by the way, leading all quarterbacks in rushing yards. The arm's been pretty good, too. Kansas City's rebuilt secondary has allowed the seventh most yards through the air, but they've also been vulnerable to quarterbacks who can run. They're allowing an additional 23 rushing yards per game to quarterbacks, which is second to last in the NFL. Deshaun Watson's at A starts. So you know I like DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to remain the primary focus of Houston's offensive attack as he goes up against a Kansas City secondary that has allowed 100 yards and or a touchdown to opposing receivers in every game this year. Hopkins will line up all over the field, and that's going to be a huge advantage for him when he's not on Marcus Peters and he is on Terrence Mitchell or slot cornerback Philip Gaines. Although, as we saw last week on Monday Night Football, Marcus Peters gave up a touchdown on a really nice play to Terrell Pryor, so you can still you can still can get something done when you're on that side of the field. Will Filler gets a B grade because the absence of, of safety Eric Berry from the Kansas City secondary means that they're vulnerable to pure speed deep receivers like Fuller, Fuller's volume is always a bit of a question, but as we talked about last segment, it's better than most people think. He's kind of a boomer bust guy, and that'll probably remain here, but I like him against the Kansas City secondary. And then there's Lamar Miller, C grade. He consistently touches the ball 15 to 20 times. He's probably going to need all of those because the Kansas City run defense is very good. They've yet to allow 80 rushing yards to any runner they've faced. They are, though, giving up 4.3 yards per carry, which is kind of a lot. And they've allowed the second-fewest receiving yards to running back, so Miller's not going to help you there. So just a C-grade for Miller. We'll take a break. When we come back, our final matchup, Carolina Panthers at Detroit Lions. Do you trust Cam Newton, Devin Funches to bounce back? And have, well, have back-to-back strong games, I should say. And then premature speculation and lightning round. All that coming in the final segment after this. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to the show, Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchian, Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. Final matchup is coming up in a moment. That'll be the Panthers at the Lions. But first, premature speculation. These are three players generally available on the waiver wire. You can pick up now one week ahead of everybody else who's looking to do so. Matt, who you got? I'm staying homer with it and going Michael Floyd, wide receiver, Minnesota Vikings. He's back from his four-game suspension. Laquan Treadwell has been getting play at the outside wide receiver position, but he's not good. He's just not good, and he's not going to suit up anymore now that Michael Floyd's back. Plus the loss of Dalvin Cook and the hopeful return of Sam Bradford means I think that this Viking offense is going to rely on a vertical passing game, which I think means three wide receivers are on the field a lot, and I think Floyd gets a lot of play. All right, Brian? I'm going Trent Taylor, rookie slot receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. That's deep. Ten targets last week. Caught a touchdown the week before. Aldrick Robinson had 12 targets last week. Bring on the targets for the Niners, but let me finish here. All right. Taylor's actually a bonus take on this week, potentially against the Colts, who's starting uh, slot corner Nate Harrison is out, leaving rookie Quincy Wilson to man the seam. Wow. So a good matchup this week, but then the yellow brick road continues down the schedule for Taylor. Uh, the following week he has Washington, where slot receivers Nelson Aguilar scored, and even Albert Wilson topped 60 yards against the Redskins. Hmm. Following that is Dallas. We mentioned that was a very plus matchup for slot receiver Randall Cobb this week. 
And uh, other slot receivers have fared well against the Cowboys. Cooper Cup, Larry Fitzgerald, Sterling Shepard, all with double-digit PPR points. The following week, they have Philly, who has also been flamed by slot receivers. Sterling Shepard had seven catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen had five for 138 over the last two weeks. And then after that game, they have the Cardinals. Remember I mentioned that Taylor was just targeted ten times? Yeah. That was against the Cardinals wow. last week. All right. So there you go, Trent hey, Taylor. Yeah, Honey Badger not scaring anybody in the slot anymore. That's uh, that's a thing of the past. Trent Taylor, I like it super deep. Mike Williams is mine. This was the first-round draft choice by, I think, seventh overall pick by the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, this past draft and hasn't been available uh, until recently. Practicing now and may be active in this week's game. I think he's still listed as it's, doubtful for this week, but it's there's a chance. We'll yeah. just say there's a chance. It's, he's coming around. This is your time to get him before he starts making waves uh, as a, as a player who is returning. And big body is ideally suited for red zone use. The downside in Mike Williams, though, I think it's fair to mention, is just all the depth and the number of targets that they've got to go around. Keenan Allen and Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams and Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates and throwing him Melvin Gordon. There's a lot of you know. There's only so much ball to go around. I like Mike Williams as I like Mike Williams the athlete. I I love the big body for goal line use. I I still think in bigger leagues he belongs on a roster, and I've rostered him in like my twenty team league. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do worry about that that component of his game is all the different players that San Diego has to throw to. Let's go to this final matchup: Carolina Panthers taking on the Detroit Lions. We finally got a good game from Cam Newton. Does he do it back to back? Yeah. Well, I'm tempering my expectations there. It's also worth noting that center Ryan Khalil who is the best Khalil on roster for the Panthers. Is, uh, he's missed the last three games with a neck injury, and he's believed to be out again this week. Okay, um, It's not the Patriots' epically bad defense in front of Cam Newton either. Before that game, Cam was averaging 189 passing yards per game against such blazingly awesome pass defenses known as the 49ers, Saints, and Bills. Mm. That's not scary, and he's not doing well. So yeah. the Lions defense has not allowed a 300-yard passer this year. They've only given up four touchdown passes while tallying seven interceptions, so I only have a C grade on Newton. Uh, the wide receivers, Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin, giving them both very tepid C grades as well. Funches is leading all wide receivers on the ty- on the team with 25 targets this season. He's averaging an additional five targets per game in the two weeks since Greg Olson went down, so they've really turned to him in the last two weeks. It's likely both he and Benjamin get a little taste of the Darius Slay ride this week. Benjamin was sidelined earlier in the week with a knee injury, but returned to practice on Thursday. But whoever you consider the wide receiver one, that guy might... still Benjamin. Yeah, that guy might look forward to a 90-plus yard game like uh, Stephon Diggs or Julio Jones have done in the last two weeks against Detroit. Uh, The running backs, though, Christian McCaffrey, I'm giving a B. Jonathan Stewart, I'm giving a C. The Lions lost weak side linebacker Paul Worlow to an MCL last week, and they were already bad against the run. The saving grace for the Lions' run stats has been that David Johnson and Dalvin Cook both went down with injury during, yeah, during the games. game. Yeah, it's a great point. So uh, the other, the only running back they've really stopped is Paul Perkins, and we all know about Paul Perkins. Detroit is bottom 10 in the league in running back receptions and receiving yards, which is why I like McCaffrey a little bit better. Over on the Lions' side... Amir Abdullah, I'm giving a C grade. He had a mild mild ankle injury last week against Minnesota, but he's expected to play. He's coming off the best game of his career. Yeah, really I never has. saw him look better than he looked against the Vikings. 23 touches last week against the Vikings where he logged 109 total yards and scored. No running back has topped 56 rushing yards against the Panthers this year. Only Deion Lewis and Alvin Kamara have recorded rushing touchdowns against them mm-hmm. this year. That's why Abdullah is only getting the C grade. 
Theo Riddick, I have firmly on the bench. We talked about how he's just not getting play right, right. now. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I got a C grade on him. The stats are kind of expected for the Panthers' defense. They held Brian Hoyer and Tyrod Taylor to under 200 passing yards and no scores. Three total points in each of those games given up for the Panthers' defense. Yeah. But Drew Brees and Tom Brady were the t- the guys that they played the last two weeks. Both of those teams scored 30 points. Drew Brees had three touchdown passes. Tom Brady had 307 and two. What kind of quarterback is Stafford? I think he's somewhere in the middle here. Yeah, so probably. He's probably like a 250 and two kind of a game here. That's why he gets the C grade. I think cool. that's, that's B numbers. 250 and two. That's a good game. That's, that's a B. Okay. I thank you. Well, I think one of those touchdowns goes to Marvin Jones, who I talked yeah. about as my take a chance on me wide receiver. Like it. Golden Tate gets a B grade. Tate ran 73% of his routes out of the slot last week, and the Panthers have allowed a slot wide receiver to score a touchdown in each of the last two weeks. Brandon Coleman and Danny Amendola did that, so he gets the B grade. Eric Ebron's on the bench. He was only on the field for 44% of the snaps last week. He can be dropped. I think he can be dropped outright. One touchdown in his last year of football for Eric Ebron. It is time for our by far our longest lightning round of the year. You How know many the rules. times are we going to play ACDC's Thunderstruck? We might get through this like three times. Ooh. Like 15 minutes of 13 minutes of lightning round. That's amazing. Three and a half times, we're told by Tony. Um, Here's the rules. You know how this works. Toughest question between two players and only two players. We hang up on you. You listen to the response uh, via the delay that comes through your radio. But we also will hear trades. Yeah, trades are, oh yeah. We we prefer that, actually. We prefer to hear your trade talk, to be perfectly honest. Uh, All right, our first caller. Eric, hello. Uh, half point PPR, Graham or Rudolph? All right. I got Jimmy Graham this week. I'm I'm just afraid if, if Keenum goes, then Rudolph's just not a player. Although, if Bradford does go, it's a Monday night game. Yeah, you're it's not a Monday night know. game. You don't if he does know. go, I love him against those banged up linebackers sure. that Chicago's got. Michael, you're next. Michael. Michael, I can't hear you. Michael, Michael, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll go. We'll spin back around to Michael. Maybe he'll take us off speaker. Eric, hello. Hey, guys. Brutal bye week. 50-50, non-PPR. Thomas Rawls or Jerron Brown from Arizona. Rawls or Jerron Brown? Yes. I'll go with charges. Take a chance on me, guy. Jerron Brown. I don't trust Rawls yet. Howard, hello. Hi, guys. Um, Marshawn Lynch or Mixon? Uh, Marshawn Lynch, it's a great, after two punishingly difficult matchups, this one's much easier in Baltimore. Mikey, hello. Hi. Non-PR, Tyreek Cohen or Will Fuller? I'm sorry, Cohen or who? I think it was Will Fuller. Okay. I'd go Will Fuller if it's non-PPR. Yeah, I agree. Tom, hello. I uh, half PPR flex, uh, Elijah McGuire or Eric Decker. <laughs> Yuck. Boy. <laughs> we have bench would, grades on both guys. I would say McGuire if Forte sits, but I think he's playing, so I would roll the dice with Decker with Corey Davis. How about if you drop Decker outright, pick up your guy, uh, Taylor? Taylor or Kenny Stills? Kenny Stills, or yeah. Anyone I, else? Jerron Marvin Brown, Jones. Marvin Jones, right. And you can do better. Uh, Mark, hello. Yeah, PCR League, Mark Davis, Brian, or Marvin Jones? I'm sorry, who's the Mark first? Mark Davis, Brian, Davis, Brian, Brian Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. I'm going with Matt's guy. I had Bryant on the bench, too, so yeah. There you go. Um, Michael, we'll try you again. Let's see how it goes this time. Nope. Now Michael's just giving up altogether, I think. Brad, you are next. Hello. 
I was offered Odell Beckham for Chris Hogan for Lamar Miller. Odell Beckham for... Who do you think, Brian? Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan looks, Chris like Hogan looks legit. Right now. <laughs> He's totally legit. I would say if you need a running back, if you're really hungry for a running back, do that deal. He was offered Odell, though. Yeah, he's, oh, so he would he's be got, losing Hogan losing. and Miller. Oh, yeah, well, if you can spare the, uh, I don't know. It's your question, Matt. Answer it, it. <laughs> if you if you got a deep enough running back bench, I'd do the deal. Yeah, if, just, yeah, just yeah. to upgrade to Odell. Yeah. I would I would do again if you had a competent running back to fill that spot. Yep, Mike. Hello, Diggs or uh, Hill? Diggs, which which Hill? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, probably. Yeah, Tyreek. Uh, okay, Tyreek Hill. Thank you. I think I like Tyreek Hill better in this matchup. I gave him a B grade. Yeah. Uh, John, you're next. If we knew Bradford was going to go, but it's Monday night, I don't think we're going to go. Yeah, by, I don't think you're going to know by noon. It's I'm... tough to play any Vikings this week, really. John, you're next. Hi. Uh, full PPR, Kelvin Benjamin, or Richard Matthews. Thank you. Okay. Oh, man. Matthews hinges full on PPR. Mariota. Uh, yeah, it's the, you can't just start any of the receivers with Castle at the helm. If Mariota goes, I would go Matthews, but if he doesn't, I'll go Benjamin. Paul, you're next. Hi, straight-up trade, Cam Newton for Marcus Mariota. I'd rather have Mariota in a landslide. As discussed earlier, I, I really think he the potential for him to unravel psychologically is here. I advise somebody on Twitter to watch Cam blow up against the Patriots and then trade him. Now yeah. is the time to trade Cam I Newton. It, I think it is too. Rob, you're next. Hi guys, it's full PPR. Sammy Watkins or Kelvin Benjamin? Watkins or Benjamin? I had Benjamin with a start grade and yeah. Watkins with a bench grade. We'll go there. Jesse, you're next. Battle of the uh, take a chance on me, guys. Full PPR. I've got Jones. Detroit, or I've got Jerron Brown from Arizona. Oh, Brian gets to be the uh, deciding factor it's here. Full PPR. Jones isn't a high volume catch He's guy. Not. And Jerron Brown is the ten targets a game. Yeah, I would go lean Jerron Brown in full PPR. Dan, I can agree. Dan, you're next. Uh, half point PPR. Uh, either Richard Matthews or Mari Cooper. Cooper. Again. I just, you know, I, until, even if Mariota with the hamstring, I just, too much, way too much risk there. And if it's Matt Castle, then all bets are off. Yep. Josh, you're next. Yeah, Eli or Big Ben? Okay. Man, I'll... Ben's got the number one pass defense going uh, against Yeah, him I and, guess I'll go Eli. And Eli's... I, I do like Big Ben this week, though. He's, he's at gonna, home. He's, he's going to pop off and have a big game, I he's, think. He's but at, I, I he's, think Eli's the safer play. His average home game over the last three years, 335 passing yards, 2.8 passing touchdowns. You're arguing against your own advice, I'm pretty sure, right now. But he faces the number <laughs> one pass defense in the NFL. It's going to be a big bell team, day. Team that's allowed yeah. the number... Yeah, it is. Jacksonville's terrible against the run. They're great against the passer. Just gonna run bell all day. That's my worry. Chad, you're next. Ellington or Jones PPR. All right. What? What? Jones? Ellington or jo- oh Marvin. Marvin? I'm assuming Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones. Yeah, you know, we love the concise hey. questions, but you can't. You are allowed to give first names with your players. Rob, you're next. Uh, PPR Arizona's Ellington or Jarek McKinnon. Ellington in a in a, in a full PPR. Wide, full PPR, yep. especially again. They've carved out what David Johnson was doing through the air, and they're giving all of that to Andre Ellington. He's averaging Tons 11 targets, targets yeah, per game over the last, last two weeks. weeks. It's right. just, it's uh, Brett, you're next. Jarvis Landry or Martavis Bryan, PPR? Jarvis Landry, and it's not close. Uh, Jim, you're next. 
Yeah, hi. I'm really frustrated with Brandon Marshall. Should I drop him and pick up Sterling Shepard? Ooh, this is the Giants question right here. What do you think? Yes, Shepard's surging. Marshall's not. I would. Michael, you're next. I'm sorry. What was the first guy again? Or Michael, I know you're trying. We just can't hear you. I think you. it's I Cutler don't... or McCown. I think you called him McClown, which I like as well. Yeah, though. that yeah. is good. That's a, that's a long-standing bit here on the show. Yes. Uh... If that is it, we'll take <laughs> we'll take I'll take Cutler. We like we like Cutler. Yeah, we got A's and B's for all of his receivers. So we're yeah. going to take Cutler on this one. Brody, hello. Hi. Hi. Doug Martin. Julian uh, Edelman and Keenan Allen. This is a trade in a dynasty league for. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Doug Martin, Julian Edelman, and um, Marvin Jones for Keenan Allen in a dynasty league trade. I like the Keenan Allen side a lot more. Okay. Matt, you are next. Uh, hi, DC, uh, full point PPR, Cohen or Andre Ellington. I think that was Cohen. Man, we're having a hard time hearing people. I think that was Cohen yeah, or Ellington. Oh, that's a coin flip if I've ever heard one. I would go Cohen. I'd go Ellington. Uh, I'd go Ellington, too. Hey, there's a chance that Trubisky's going to just destroy that whole offense. I see a lot of dump-offs to Cohen in that game, but I don't know. We'll Billy, you're on the fan. Marshall or Mixon PPR? Mixon had some wiggle the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm kind of down with it. Yeah, wiggling to 2.6 yards. Yeah, per that's it. I'm I'm going Marshall, who's yeah. been targeted a lot more lately in a PPR league. I'll take Marshall. Right. Jordan, you're next. Uh, standard league, Will Fuller or Brandon Marshall? Okay, I think it's Will Fuller. Yeah, uh, Daryl, you're on the fan. Half point PPR, Latavius Murray or Duke Johnson. Uh, full point, it would be a slam dunk Duke. I'm still going Duke, though. You'll see a ton of ton of uh, volume here. Tom, you're on the fan. Um, I'm very much in first place, and I'm, pro- I'm probably going to stay there for at least the next couple weeks. Do I spend money on luck and hold on to him, or do I stream quarterbacks for the rest of the year? That's a great question. I would... Um... If you can, I would take. Luck. I would take luck. I mean, yeah. If you're telling me you don't need wins for the next couple of weeks, the roster spot's not going to kill you. Yeah, I would take luck. And but cool. no, but By wouldn't you time, be doing both? You would be stashing luck and then streaming. Well, he needs that roster spot. He's using up the roster spot on luck that he would have used to stream quarterbacks in and out of. Okay, is what he's saying. So you're going to take a zero for luck the next few weeks? Well, yeah, but he's not going to start luck. He's going to start okay. somebody else. All right. He's just he doesn't have that spot. I think available, but he's. Okay. I don't think it means. If you're gonna take a zero from luck from several weeks, that would change my answer. I wouldn't do See, that. See, I think they're not I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think you take luck and then you stream quarterbacks. Right, well, ideally, yes. Yeah. Uh, who, Mark, who is this Andrew Luck you guys are talking yeah, about? Who is this guy? Uh he, Confederate War General. Ah, yes. <laughs> Mark, you're next. Yeah, Standard League, uh McCaffrey or Alex Collins. Brian? Standard McCaffrey or Collins? I I think Collins sees the most carries for the Ravens in this one, and McCaffrey doesn't get any carries, especially in the red zone. I'm going Collins. Yep, standardly Collins. Dan, you're next. They call him Wayne Gollum or Latavius Murray. Sure, his last name's not Gollum. <laughs> my he's precious. Gonna, he's gonna have a precious my game. Precious Wayne. Yeah. No, we're gonna start. We're gonna stake. Uh, we're gonna start Gollum, and he's might take a chance on me running back. He will get the vast majority of the work against the bottom ranked. Run defense in the NFL. Uh, my 
My call screener says Dorth. I don't know if that's Dorothy or what that is. It sure is. All right, Dorth, hi. Love the show, guys. Running back question, touchdown heavy. Jones for Green Bay or Gallman for the Giants? All right. I'm going Jones this week. Really? Yeah. I Even think, split time with Williams? I don't think and, that he's going to split time with Williams. Gallman's going to get all the work. Mm, I'm, I'm liking Jones. All right. That's it. That, that, yeah. Jesse, you are next. Yeah, another question for you. Tight end. Do I go with Witten or do I go with Jesse James from Pittsburgh? Thank you. I put TBR Witten, League. I, I put Witten on the bench. It's just a tough matchup for the, the Packers. And Matt gave uh, James a, a, a C grade, I Yeah, believe. C grade. So, I just can't believe we talked to Dorth. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Yeah. Michael, hello. Howell or Fournette, non PPR. Um, I got to keep starting Fournette. Yeah, you never know with the Jets. They always find some way to frustrate the Powell owners out there. I believe that there's a fifty-fifty chance come Sunday they're going to pull aside below Powell and say, "We want you to instead of playing football, we want you to spend today waxing Woody Johnson's dirigible." That could that could be a thing with the Jets. Tom, you are next. What just happened? Tom. Well, you got me on instead. I'm Jason. Oh, sorry. It says Tom here, but okay, Jason. All right. First of all, I like the show. I listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts, and you guys are one of the most enjoyable shows. Thank you very much. Anyways, um, Devonta Adams, if he goes, or Golden Tate? I like Golden Tate in this matchup. I I like the slot matchup for Tate. Okay. Thank you, scores. Uh, Todd, you are next. Cam or Hoyer? Okay. Hoyer's got Hoyer. the way better matchup. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, I'm all not, the way. I'm nervous about. I'm really nervous about Cam. Uh, David, you're next. Uh, full point PPR. Carlos Hyde or McKissick? Oh, Carlos Hyde. Look this. Now look what you've done, Matt. <laughs> McKissick is a change of pace, tiny runner who will. He's, at best, he's a CJ Procise replacement. That's it. I got a dollar bet with you that in fanball scoring, McKissick will outscore Carlos Hyde this Fine. week. Fine. Taken. Eric, you're next. Uh, assuming Sam Bradford plays, Sam Bradford or Andy Dalton? But you're not going to know. I don't think you're going to know on Bradford when you're going to need to set Dalton yeah. lineup at noon. You have not to go want Dalton. to start Andy Dalton this week. Find any, almost virtually almost anybody else than Andy Dalton. Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Josh Dalton, McCown, Josh McCown, Jay Cutler. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Chad, you're next. Uh, standard PPR, PPR league. Looking for a flex position, Gallman or uh, Duke Johnson. See, I'm on Goldman again. I mean, you know what Duke Johnson's going to give you, and it's not trivial, but it's not to me. It's he said, not. He said I want, PPR? I think he did say PPR. You're uh, gall in. Yeah, I'm, I'm gall in on Goldman, but if it's PPR, then just take Duke Johnson that and is take precious. your points. Anything less than full PPR will go Goldman. Dave, you're next. Do I drop Corey Davis to pick up Mike Williams? No. No, Corey Davis will be back sooner. Caleb. Caleb, you're on the fan. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Thank you. Um, I'm just looking for a flex, flex option for this week. I'm wondering if I should go with Matthews or Blunt. Uh, thank you. Richard Matthews or yeah, like Eric Blunt. I think this is easy. Yeah, I guess you go Blunt at home against Arizona. Get your touchdown and be happy. DJ, you'll be our final call of one of our late, longest lightning rounds ever.
Uh, full point PPR, Jerron Brown or Wayne Gallman? Oh, Charge. Wow, both now of my, I... take a chance at me, guys. How are you going to choose? I'm going to take Jerron Brown with the consistency that he's given us. I'm going to, I'm going to take Jerron Brown. I like him a lot in this one. Um, as many of you know, our podcast through iTunes changed, and now we've got a whole new feed, and that feed needs your votes and it needs your reviews. Please spend some time, if you would. If you listen to the show and you love it, especially if you like it, please go to iTunes, rate and review the show. Because our old show, which had like 1,600 reviews, got torpedoed in this change. So for those of you, if you would take a moment to do that, we really appreciate it. And then you can hear the podcast there. Tony posting the podcast like right now. Soon as you're done. Soon as we are done. Uh, Thank you, Tony. Appreciate all your work. Matt, Brian. Good luck, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. I think 10 o'clock start next week as well. Go for uh, football at 2.30.